Hey, you're here. And that makes me happy. Welcome to Scar Bears, episode 97. That's, that's right, folks. Every week we inch towards that triple digit mark. I'm so excited. I'm Chris DT Gordon. Thanks so much for being here today with me and helping me out on the backside, on the post-production part of it all, are Nate and Britton Barron. If you want them to work their magic on your projects, reach out to them at Nate Barron. Well, folks, as you know, it might be we're in the second month of 2022. As you're hearing this, it's the end of February, maybe the beginning of March, depending on how this falls in the schedule. But it feels like it's still 2021. We still have a pandemic. We still have issues in every place you look. And our young people are still struggling. So if you know of a young group, a young a person group like a high school or some college students or an, an organization that caters to that crowd that could benefit from greater positivity, gratitude, and resilience, please keep me in mind. Reach out to chrisdtgordon.com so I can share the attitude of gratitude or tag and we can help those young people become the leaders we need them to be. Well, today I'm joined by my new friend, Gwen Stewart. Gwen, how are you today? I am doing amazing. Thank you for having me. It's my pleasure to have you here with me, Gwen. Now, Gwen, here on Scar Bears, Scar Bearers, Bears with Scars are scary, but we don't talk about them. We don't want to offend them. We do <laughs> talk a lot about physical scars, but your story is about those mental scars that we don't often see but still plague us and, and our thing, our issues we still need to resolve and deal with. So if you wouldn't mind, I would love to hear your story. Well, I'm Gwen Stewart. I am born and raised Floridian. So I don't think I, if I ever saw snow, I, I think I might freak out. So we'll just leave that there. Um, but that contributes to the story in, in the end. So gotcha. I am from I will show you my window to Central Florida. To okay, I'm, I might, I might, I might be scared. Okay. <laughs> so I am from South Florida. Moved to Central Florida to go to college, and that is where I met my fiance Mike. And we quickly fell in love. One of the, you know, the zings. Just it just happened. If you're familiar with the the movies, zings. Um, and we quickly got pregnant with our daughter. Her name is Zoe. Um, we moved back to South Florida to raise her with my family because um, that was super important for us to be able to have that extended extended family for her. Um, and I just, after having her, I didn't feel the same. I had a very traumatic birth. Um, I was very young. I was not well informed. I was not educated any means necessary of what to expect after birth especially mentally. Um, postpartum hit me like a freight train. It hit me harder than I think that a lot of my friends could understand. My entire personality shifted. I went from this loving, caring, the person you see now, very outgoing human to very into inward, very homebody, didn't want to do anything. I found 
myself not really even wanting to feed my newborn daughter, but just lay her on the couch and prop a bottle up so she could eat. Um, so I knew that I was doing what I needed to do to be a good mother, but I wasn't being a good mom because I wasn't creating that connection with her. And I didn't know that it wasn't normal. I had no idea it wasn't normal until someone started seeing signs. One of my really good friends saw some signs and said, Hey, have you ever thought about maybe you're, you have postpartum? And I said, no, I don't even know what that is. Um, to the point where I, I would, I sat in my room for three days, not really knowing who I was, what I was, or if I even was worthy of being her mom. And then that's when we had decided we were going to move back down to here, back down to South Florida. And then within a year's time, my then fiance um, had a traumatic brain injury with uh, high blood pressure. That's a lot. He went into the hospital with a 264 over 152. One, yeah, 264 wow. over 152. Had a um, uh, aneurysm in his brain. Immediately fell into a coma. Hmm. And I'm, st- I'm standing here holding a two-year-old on my hip in the emergency room, not knowing what to do. Because he just is gone. I remember the last thing he said was, can you go home and get me a clean pair of boxers? And... He said, I'm going to take, I'm going to go to sleep. I feel tired. And I went home, got the clean boxers for him. Like he wanted, came back and he was not awake. Um, And during that transition of, I think an hour is when my whole entire world changed from him saying, I wanted clean boxers. And it's a running joke in our family now, but (laughs) it's always funny now. Yes. Now it's, do you need me to wash your clean boxers? <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm like, you can't leave the house. So <laughs> stay right yeah. here. Um, but in going in and out of different ICUs, depending on the trauma and fighting with, with nurses was a great deal of, of the part wanting to get great care for him. And also make sure that I knew that he was being taken care of mentally as well. Not just, put on pain medicine and just left to almost, I don't want to say rot because that's not the word that I want to use to help me. Just exist. Help me out with the word here. I didn't want him to say, I didn't want him to be a vegetable. Yes. Exactly. Um, so one day we walked in and they said, Gwen, we don't, we don't think that anything is improving. So we have, we have two options and these are the options we can intubate him. And hopefully his lungs will start to awaken and we can start stimulating some brain activity or we're just going to have to keep going down this path and it's going to eventually start declining. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know what to do. I'm 24 years old with a two-year-old daughter still suffering from postpartum depression. I quit my job so I could maintain his health. How am, how am I suitable to, to make this man's yeah. decision for him? But I had to, and they said, just go to lunch. Like lunch was going to solve a problem. Go to lunch, come back and we can, we can talk about it. Two sandwiches is the, is the cure for everything. I went and had some guacamole. I'll never forget. I went and got some guacamole, came back and 
I heard his nurse in there talking and I said, I've never heard that before. And I'm with his best friend who was, I'm glad he was there to help me walk through this situation. Um, when we walked in, he was eating grapes out of the nurse's hand. Okay. I think he overheard her saying that I had to make this decision. I don't, part of me just, just thinks that he heard the conversation and his eyes were awake. He was nonverbal. He wasn't speaking, um, but he was awake. So we didn't have to make the decision. I didn't have to intubate him. I didn't have to even see any sort of decline. It was honestly a miracle. Um, but from that point moving forward, he had to learn how to talk. He had to learn how to walk. Um, he had to learn how to write his name, write anybody's name. Um, he had to relearn who I was, who his daughter was, who his friends were. Um, so the trauma to me of the PTSD, which I was later diagnosed with, caused from me watching the love of my life essentially die and then having to fall in love with a new man who was not the same person. You, it, it, before we started recording, you made an allusion to the movie 50 First Dates. Yes, very much. It was very, very much 50 First Dates. The first day I walked in, he didn't know my name. By the 12th day, he finally knew my name because I'd walk in to the, to the room and, do you know who I am? And he'd be like, I think so. You're my woman. <laughs> um, that was on the 12th day. You're my woman. Um, and I said, but what is my name? And he said, I think it's Gwen. And I said, I think you're right. Um, <laughs> so on the 12th day, he remembered the name. And then it slowly started trickling back for him very, very slowly with uh, rehab. And we had a lot of other issues on the way. We had um, blood clot issues. We had some cancer issues. We had a lot of things that were coming away. So his hospital stay was a lot longer than I would say a normal person in that conditions um, would be there. Um, but I can say that I'm glad the number, the one thing that I did for myself after was go and get help. Mm -hmm. I thought that help was for people who were suicidal, but I wasn't but I knew that something was wrong and I wasn't okay. So dealing with the trauma of losing and then gaining and trying to love this new person, it's a, it's a mind F. Yes. <laughs> it really is. It, it throws you into almost like the fight, the, what is it? The fight or flight mode. Yes. And you don't know which direction to take because you don't want to make the wrong one. Mm-hmm. Um, so you just start fighting and then flying at the same time. <laughs> um, but it's I hard to work the wings when you're, when you're, you know, you're cocking a fist there, you, you know, I'm not sure if you can keep the flight up. Yeah. So, yeah. Exactly. I didn't know which direction to go. I didn't, I had no, no guidance on that. And I tried to make the best decision possible that I thought he would want for himself while still maintaining my own what I had left sanity. Mm -hmm. You know, have you, have you watched the movie Encanto? We just started it last night. Oh, you just started it. Okay. Uh, because what, what part did yes. you get to? Because you know what song I'm referring to? It was at, um, when he 
found out his the little I think it's the little boy found out his room and uh, and he goes up to the tree. Okay, all right. So so you're not at the song that I'm referring to, but um, I don't want to spoil it for you. Okay. But your situation sounds like the song that you're going to come up. One of the next songs you're going to come up, not the next song, but the song after that. You're going to listen to the song. You're going to say that's what he's talking about because what you're explaining this need to try to keep everything you know, all the plates spinning mm-hmm. and still keep yourself intact yes. that you know you're you are explaining this this song and and so i uh, first of all commend you for you know being able to handle all those plates but i it reminds me a lot of my wife when I went into the hospital with my situation, she was teaching full time, three kids, two pets, and the hospital's a hundred miles away from home. Mm. So, and she was she was able to you know handle it, and but she let me know what, later on that it was still a struggle. It was a real struggle, and it was not like a cakewalk by any means, and so. On that level, I know what you're going through, but on another, you know, on the other side, I, I do not even want to start to comprehend because I'm going to be wrong about it, you know, because of every, everyone's situation is different. So going back to you, if to, I'm sorry, what is your uh, fiance's name again? Michael. Michael. So going back to Michael, relearning your name and starting to learn more about you at what point well first of all i don't want to lose the part about you seeking help but i just want to know at what point did he seem to almost be himself again he's not okay he's still it's still getting there yes and it's been seven years okay okay he is he struggles very hard with memory. Um, very, very shaky with short term, um, but a lot of the back end memory of some long term issues that he had blocked away were now coming forward that he forgot about his childhood. So he had to revisit some trauma that he forgot even happened. Oh, Didn't wow. know that. Was- I did not know that was possible. I guess subconsciously you lock these memories away because you want to forget them. And then when traumatic things happen to your brain, it unlocks them. Um, so he has, he's had a lot of mental issues to deal with as well as far as visible. So he is, he is not back to who he was. Well, I pray that things continue to improve. You know, it is the, the, the brain is a, a, a confusing, wonderful thing. And I, I hope that things continue to improve for you. Um, but I do want to take it back to when you started seeking help. What, what was that like? Did you go see a therapist, a licensed therapist? Did you, did you start talking to just uh, some friends. In what form did you seek that assistance? 
Um, I hid it from friends at first. I didn't, I was, I was ashamed because I thought it was, it, it was too taboo to discuss your own personal issues, especially when there was so much more going on. Mm -hmm. Who was I to need help in the situation that we were in? Um, so I kept it very private and I went and, um, I went to his doctor and I said, who do you know that can help me? mentally get through this and she recommended her own therapist so I went and saw her uh I went and saw him and he he just gave me the biggest hug I'll never forget that he said you need a hug and I said I, I do he said when's the last time you were hugged and I said I could so he just gave me the world's biggest hug and I'll never forget that I don't know why, but just the human touch of somebody just wanting to embrace me and make me feel loved beyond just helping me and knowing that I existed, I think was very, very powerful moment. And I knew that he was the right person for me to help me get through what I was about to embark on. That was before we had even spoken. Wow. Uh, yeah. So I was like, okay, he's, he's, he's picking, he's picking up the trauma here. <laughs> you know, uh, folks, just if your therapist hugs you, you know, in an appropriate way, that's, a, you know, that's a good sign. So maybe that's what we learned from that. But anyway, I'm sorry. So go after <laughs> yeah, the sorry. hug. Yeah. After the hug, what after next? The, after the hug, it was, um, this part is where I get emotional because he is the epitome of everything I've ever wanted in a, in a partner, in a, in a significant other. And to see him suffering was the majority of my pain um, while still maintaining being a good mom. So we treated, we treated me for postpartum and my PTSD all at the same time. Um, and I got to focus on myself and found passions. I, I learned, I, he, he made me find a hobby and that hobby was makeup. And I learned how to do makeup like a pro. And I, that's how I started my career with speaking is through makeup and learning the art of it and becoming and transforming myself into being confident was me learning this hobby that transformed me into, it's almost like the butterfly effect. I was mm -hmm. hiding in my shell, hiding with all this pain and then just throw on some lipstick and some eyelashes. And I was a whole different person because I could feel confident about myself and love myself through, through the pain. So how did you use this transformation process to, you know, to heal yourself? I mean, and you said you speaking, you know, where did you speak? So with, go ahead. So I was, I turned my passion of makeup into a business. I was doing makeup full time. I was doing, um, I did makeup sales for a little while. I was teaching other women how to feel sexy and confident with, with the power of makeup, just like I did. So taking the tools I learned and then teaching them to other women, I feel is what sincerely was the magic trick in the transformation for me. I can feel this good about myself just by learning a few techniques on how to apply some mascara, then I can teach this to other women who are just like me. And in that moment of that, I feel like that was the real power of when I harnessed my gift of helping women and doing what I do best and 
taking the trauma and turning it into a power was mind blowing. How did you connect with these women? Uh, if I may ask, you know, was there a Facebook group or an online source where you started connecting with them? Most, most of it was online. It was, sorry, sorry, I apologize. The, most of it was online. I would do live videos. I would do live videos. People would share them and they would share them into groups, share them into mom's groups, share them into women's groups, um, share them onto their pages. And that's how I would attract my tribe almost, attract people who wanted to learn more about makeup. And so the power of Facebook and the power of Instagram are almighty. And when did this, when did this, uh, <laughs> this journey begin for you, this makeup journey? 2014. Okay. All right. And um, I'm guessing it's still going strong. Actually, no, I pivoted and I'm doing, oh, wow. okay. uh, right. So it was like this gateway into this whole new life of now I do business coaching for women okay. on businesses. So it's almost the same thing, just in a different form. Mm hmm building that confidence within themselves to have a successful business. So when did the pivot happen from makeup to business coach? 2018. Okay. So four years of hard lessons in running my own business, learning how to actually manage the business, becoming who I truly, truly wanted to be on the inside and healing those battle wounds from trauma and then i think 2018 is when i put on my wings and then became exactly put myself on the trajectory of who i wanted to be that's fantastic when at what point let me see hold on, i'm back up just slightly here mm -hmm. what is the greatest lesson that you have learned about yourself with, you know, with both the makeup and the business coaching while dealing with, you know, this mental trauma that you're still working on? Um, that even if you think that you're okay and you think that you've surpassed these mental issues and you've dealt with them, if you don't continuously deal with them, they're going to keep resurfacing and they're going to keep trying to push you back down to the point where you were. So if you don't continue the self-work, if you don't continue the inner work, you're not going to see anything move forward. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that that's number one. Okay. No, that's fantastic. You know, and I think you really, hit something poignant there that people that you know, a lot of people see self-care being a luxury when exactly. actually it's a necessity. A lot of, a lot of people make an allusion to the airplane emergency when the masks come down and you can't ha help anyone else unless you put your first mask on you, you met your mask on your, yourself first. And so I see mm -hmm. you doing that. You are putting yourself first so you can serve others. 100%.
So what is coming up next for you? And first of all, what is the name of your business, your coaching business? My business is called Add to Cart Consulting. Because I want to help people. Add to Cart. I like that. Thank you. That's, um, that's to me is the epitome of a product-based business. And what they want the most is people to add their products to their carts. So I focus mainly with women and we're, I just launched a new uh, retreat, a business retreat for women. It's a two day virtual retreat. So they can come and learn everything from start to finish with their business, from business plans to marketing strategies and all the things in between well i wish the best luck of, of luck to you where when is this two-day some uh i'm sorry what would you call it some not seminar retreat retreat, retreat. Mm-hmm. yeah when that when does that retreat happen well when they when they're listening to this the next one will be in april okay um and they they are more than welcome to find me i don't know if we'll do an introduction but they can they're more than welcome to come i would love to have them and where can people sign up for this retreat? They can email me at gwenmstewart at gmail.com or they can uh, find me on Instagram at the small biz fixer. Excellent. And we'll put that information in the show notes. So you have the, you have the retreat coming up. You got the business coaching going on. And the family is still healing and still progressing forward. And I asked a question uh, similar to this, but I am the gratitude guy. I mean, I speak about the attitude of gratitude. So I like to learn what are some interesting facets of your life, of your journey that you wouldn't believe you can be thankful for. Hmm. Now you're going to make me emotional. <laughs> um, I'm thankful for my ability to for, um, myself and other people. I'm, I'm thankful for friends who remove themselves in traumatic times who shouldn't be in your life and move themselves out of the way so that you can work on your own healing, whether that be physical or mental. Um, so the, the ability to forgive myself and forgive anyone else, I think is the most, I'm the most grateful for because that can also help me on my own mental journey as well. And then people who don't understand you and your healing process, removing themselves from the equation, the equation. That was a good question. I love that. Thank you. Thanks. You know, and that's a beautiful answer. I think it, it rings true for everyone's journey because mm-hmm. we all have people, unfortunately, that we have outgrown yes. and we just, we, I don't want to make it sound so utilitarian, but they have no, mm. you know, no use for us. You know, they're, 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 you know, yes, they might be a lovely person, but that you know we can only do so much and our journey is our journey and it might not be their journey and it's okay that you go your separate ways because you can't live anyone else's life exactly so that was a great question 
<laughs> well, thank you very much. You're welcome. So again, I am very excited for your next step, your, your two-day retreat. I'm excited for your family's continual growth and progress. And I hope your coaching goes well, Gwen. One more question, though. What is your favorite dinosaur? A T-Rex. And why T-Rex? Because their little arms are just so cute. <laughs> I was talking with a, a previous guest and they said, we, we got to the, we, we reached the conclusion that even with those tiny little arms, they're so awesome. And so, you know, if they didn't, if they had regular size arms, they'd yeah. be, you know, they'd be, they, they wouldn't be so cool. Even with, you know, so right. having those tiny little arms makes them cool. I love that. I love it. Very cool. Nice answer. Well, Gwen, it's been an honor and a privilege to talk with you today. Thank you so much for sharing your story with us. Thank you. I appreciate you. Well, folks, you can reach out to Gwen in the information down below. I really hope you consider her two-day retreat in April, or if you need some business coaching, reach out to her and be immersed in what she has to share with you because she has a wealth of knowledge and experience to give to you to help you on your journey. And again, if you want to experience some increase in gratitude, positivity, and resilience, and help your young people do the same, please reach out to me at chrisdtgordon.com. You can download a free tag one sheet. You can go to the, to the Chris DT Gordon's tag and pop shop, buy a nice shirt like this, long sleeve t-shirt. I have a I, the... What is your favorite dinosaur t-shirts are awesome. People love those. Go check them out yourself and just find out what I'm up to at chrisdtgordon.com. Please like, subscribe, and share these episodes of inspiration and motivation to help others live their best lives and learn from others' journeys. And with that, folks, I thank you so much for joining me today. Please have a great day. And remember to pass on perfection and go for greatness.